Welcome to <laughs> Welcome to Wait Episode 11 Okay Welcome to episode 11 of Achieving Fitness Where we answer all of your burning questions On all things health, fitness, and business We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack And we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space Today we'll be covering how to get back on track after the holidays Cardiovascular training How to get people to understand the value of higher priced facilities And what questions to ask when choosing a new gym We hope you're excited, let's get into the show Alrighty, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and happy New Year. Yeah, almost. 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 <laughs> uh, we just got back from New Jersey slash New York, which yep. is our, our Christmas tradition. Yeah, we've so, done it for a number of years now. Yeah, we actually go into the city, and we go to Bryant Park, and we go ice skating, we go shopping, and go to Times Square. Yeah, it's Good. it's actually quite nice initially in the morning from like... 9 to 11 or so. It's pretty quiet. It's really quiet. Uh, yeah. All the shops are closed. Um, no one's really there. We actually park just directly either in Times Square or at Bryant Park because parking is obviously free, but also no one's there. Um, and then right around like 11, 12 or 1 or so, that's when people start to flood in. But we initially have a little bit of time where it's almost like Feels we're like just we there. city to ourselves. Yeah, we just rented out the city for a couple <laughs> hours. <laughs> it's so fun. Um, no big deal. So, yeah. Um, so, we're excited to get back to podcasting. Yeah. So, we're going to kick it off with actually a question about the holidays. So, it's from um, Achiever Nick Murphy. And he asked, with the holidays come and gone, I've gotten into some pretty bad eating habits. What are some good tips or tricks and maybe even recipes to help me get back on track? Mm-hmm. So, very good question. Um, we I was actually, actually just talking to someone this morning who was like, you know, kind of humming and hawing about all the cookies that he ate and was like, Oh my gosh. Like I've, and he was like, you know, all embarrassed, like covering his face. Like, I'm sorry. And we were like, you know what? It's, it doesn't matter. It's fine. And one thing that I told him that I don't remember the first time I've heard this pretty common phrase, but it doesn't matter what you do. It's not about what you do between Christmas and new year's. It's what you do between new year's and Christmas that really makes an impact on your results yeah. and everything like that. So to just not worry too much about what just happened in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> we ate our, our our fair share of cookies oh, yeah. this past week oh, yeah. as well. We sure did. Because <laughs> it, what happens is when you try to you try not to, you start to go crazy. And yeah. then you end up, at least for me, from experience, I would like ignore, I'd try to ignore the cookies. Like you can't have them. You can't have them. Like, you can't have them. And then I would hit that breaking point where like once everybody was asleep, I was in the cookie jar. <laughs> <laughs> like devouring cookies by myself in a, in a much sadder situation. So. Yeah, you have to eat all of them, right? <laughs> right. Once you start, you can't stop. Yeah. So. so so, just allow yourself to have those cookies or those treats or, or eat those you know special things that are like part of this time of year. And don't worry too much about it. But like Nick said, like, okay, now that kind of time of year is over, how do we get back on track or back on the wagon, as some people would say. Um so we have a couple a couple tips. Um, number one is just to start clearing out your environment or setting up your environment for success. So start getting things out of your house, essentially. Yeah. Um, all those leftover cookies and brownies and all those desserts that have been baked. You, you just got to get rid of just them, Just get right? rid of them, yeah. <laughs> just don't keep them around because if they're around, you will eat them. You or someone you love will eat them, right? <laughs> like you or the people you live with or the people that you love. Bring them to your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't bring them into work and make your coworkers eat them. Just throw them away. Um, 
so that's number one is just start to set your environment up. So number one, get rid of the stuff that you, you don't want to be eating anymore. And number two, start to fill your cabinets in your fridge with all the foods that you want to be eating. So start to get back on your just kind of normal routine. Um, I think it's important. We, we were just discussing how it's important not to try to do the opposite of what you were just doing. So you're like, okay, I just overindulged and I ate a lot of cookies. So now I'm going <laughs> to eat very, very little food and only salad. Like doing that will actually set you up for failure. Yeah, right? totally. Because you're, you're just not going to want to do that. Your body's going to be like, what is going on? I was just <laughs> used to eating all these calories and now you're giving me nothing. So don't try to go to the opposite extreme. Just try to get back into your regular routine, what you were doing before the holidays hit. Yeah, I think we're all creatures of a habit. So we kind of have this sort of like general eating scheme, right? So I think it's, it might have, you might have spiked a little bit during the holidays, but it, as long as you just go back to your normal eating routine, things will just kind of like settle back into itself um, naturally. Yeah. Um, and everybody's a little different when it comes to sugar too. So like some people are like, it's all or nothing. Um, that's actually kind of how I am a little bit. Like yeah. I can't have it in the house because if I do, I will just eat it every day. Like I'll just, I can't like some, and on the other hand, some people will be like, Oh, I'll just slowly wean myself off. Like I'll go down to one cookie a day and then a half a cookie a day. Like <laughs> that wouldn't work for me. I would just keep eating the cookies until they were gone. So just know yourself and, and start to recognize your own patterns and what you tend to do and what actually tends to make you the most successful and start to, you know, change your, change your situation, your environment to fit that. Um, he asked for some good recipes. So my favorite cookbook is probably um, Well Fed. That's yep. by uh, Mel Juulwan is her name. Um, if you look up Well Fed Cookbook on Amazon, it's it's awesome. I really love it. It's a it is technically like a paleo cookbook, um, but I usually add some like carbs <laughs> um, to the meal. So I'll usually like throw in some rice or throw in some quinoa or something because I, we value, we think that there's value in some whole grains in there. Um, but the recipes are great. They're, some of them are really simple. So it just gives you some really good ideas. Um, so if there was one cookbook I would recommend going to get, I would, I would grab that one. That was really the first time where, where you were cooking and I was like, man, healthy, healthy food can actually taste good. This yeah. is wild, mind blowing. <laughs> it's actually really it, good. She has a lot of good spices. So it actually tastes like they're, good. they're very good. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not even just like, okay for healthy food. It's actually really good. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So go pick up that book and then don't worry too much about going to any extremes right now. Just start to get back into your old routine. And then if you want to slowly incorporate new habits, do it one step at a time, start to incorporate a few more vegetables into your diet, start to make sure you're getting lean proteins with, with your meals, but don't try to go do it all right now. Just start to get back on track with what you're used to doing and then you can keep improving from there. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Alrighty. Let's get into number two. So this one is from Joshua Peters from Instagram. He said, although cardiovascular training isn't a requirement to manage your body weight, it is good for health to have general levels of aerobic fitness. What amount of aerobic work do you recommend your achievers to complete as a minimum to help maintain a fit and healthy body? Awesome. So yeah, we love what he started with, which is basically acknowledging that cardio training isn't a requirement to manage your body weight. We think that's a really important um, thing to note and definitely something that still is not, I would say, common knowledge. No, not at all. Um, I, I mean, when I first started working out with the idea, with the goal of losing weight, all I did was cardio because that's what yeah. I heard was what you were supposed to do. So I was on the treadmill for 
I mean, I would, I was in college, so <laughs> yeah. I would take my notes for class <laughs> and put, put them on the elliptical and I would just go for hours because I was like, Oh, I'll study and get cardio in at the same time yeah. and I'll lose weight. And I did not lose weight <laughs> and it wasn't really good for studying either. Cause you can't concentrate on doing things at once. Um, so yeah, it, it is not actually the best way to go about losing weight. It's not only not necessary for it, but it's not even that helpful for it. So yeah, so that was a great way. <laughs> that was a great way for him to start that. And we wanted to just point that out that that is very true that doing just doing cardiovascular work isn't really necessarily for like even anything that we would recommend for people. It's not usually for any sort of body composition um, changes. It's more for general health. Yeah. And I think, I think people naturally gravitate towards it because at first at, at a surface level, it's like, Oh, I don't need a coach. I don't need equipment. I can just go out and go for a run or go for a bike ride or go swim or whatever it might be. And it seems kind of like this easy way to kickstart things. But, um, especially if you don't have like a base level of strength or a base level of any sort of movement training, it's so repetitive that people end up getting hurt a lot of times because of it. Yeah. Right. Um, so people end up gravitating it towards it. Um, as far as our members go, we don't really take a whole lot of stock into aerobic training, at least initially. Um, throughout the first six to eight months or so of someone's um, time at Achieve, it's very heavily focused on just general movement patterning as well as general strength training. And we have them do that ideally about two to three times a week. And just from that alone, just from movement training, like the, their mobility work before the workout and also during the actual strength training portion of their workout when we're doing supersets and trisets, their heart rate is just being elevated to a certain level and it's being sustained for that 45 to 60 minute span. So they're actually getting plenty of aerobic benefit without us having to have them be on a treadmill or be on an elliptical for 45 minutes and getting super bored with that. <laughs> right. And also they're getting the benefit of getting stronger, which is what most people are lacking in the beginning anyway. Like yeah. for the most part, people probably have already gone out and tried walking or jogging or exactly. biking. So for the most part, and they haven't seen the, the results that they're looking for. So getting stronger first is going to be, first of all, it's going to provide a cardiovascular effect anyway, just because mm -hmm. we are going to be their heart. Like Jason said, their heart rate is going to be elevated anyway, but also it's going to then make any cardiovascular exercises that they decide to do easier, more efficient. They're going to be able to sustain a, a higher heart rate for longer just yeah. because they're stronger. We have so we have so many members not even training for anything endurance wise come back and be like, oh, hey, I just did a 5k and I didn't even train for it. And it just like was I PR'd in it or <laughs> I, I was doing uh, hills on my bike and it was so much easier. I was sprinting so much quicker. And it's just like just getting stronger and getting better awareness and proprioception of your body and space just has has such huge implications in terms of how you move your body and how efficient you are and ends up becoming just a better um you just become a better mover yeah. right yeah so. absolutely i mean even so i can use my dad for an example he um was talking about how his blood pressure was high mm -hmm. and he wanted to bring it down and i was like you know, I'm not going to throw a bunch of cardio at you right now. I actually want you to, he was always very, um, like he always looked like he was holding his breath during his workouts. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I had him do was practice breathing better, got him on the ground to do some like rocking and rolling and all these sort of fundamental movement patterns. And he literally, he like called me cause he was like, my blood pressure went down today. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just from breathing. So a lot of this stuff like that we're doing is not 
it's not cardio work, but it's good for your heart in other ways. Right. And so we want to keep that in mind is that the it's not just about like what type of exercise you're doing necessarily. It's more about how you're moving as a human being, how you're living your whole life and your how you're moving throughout the day versus just one hour spent on a bike, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then finally, once people progress past that sort of general movement and strength um, stage, uh, we'll end up getting into more of specific strength and more specific work capacity phases. Um, so we might end up having them um, go into a max out phase where we really test their 1RM strength. Um, and then after that, we'll actually go the complete opposite end and go into more of a aerobic work capacity phase where we start to do higher reps like 10, 11, 12 reps of their main lifts and their assistance exercises are in that sort of same region as well. Um, and then go into if they're if they're competing in a sport or if they're an endurance athlete, we might have them do um, 10 to 15 to even 20 minutes or more of a aerobic finisher where we keep their heart rate in somewhere around the 135 to 155 region um, for that sustained effort. Um, or we'll recommend have them take our Metcon classes, um, which is 45 minutes of um, interval style training, um, but for these advanced people, and ends up becoming more of an active recovery workout where the heart rate is sort of elevated to that range that I was just talking about for that 45 minute duration. And it just ends up becoming a very aerobic, um, aerobic benefit. Yeah. So it really does depend on where the person is in their in their own like fitness journey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we kind of went through that those stages a little bit. But when yeah. they first come in, I would say don't put too much stock into it because they're going to get a lot of aerobic benefit just from their warm up, from yeah. their power development, and from their strength training. They're going to feel out of breath. They're going to feel like their heart rate is elevated. I remember one of our members, Jerry, was like uh, his health insurance is giving him a hard time because <laughs> Achieve doesn't have quote-unquote cardio equipment like we don't have treadmills basically um even though we have airdyne bikes and everything and so they weren't going to give him a reimbursement and he was like let me send them a picture of myself sweating after a strength workout and let them tell me that this isn't cardio so like they'll they'll feel like they're getting and they are getting cardiovascular training just from their strength routine if they're doing it right um and then as they get more advanced they're going to need a little bit more of that work capacity type efforts to to actually keep making progress and that's when we actually put some specific things in there all right so awesome thanks so much for the question josh and we will move on to question three so we're actually kind of combining two questions into into one bonus um a little bonus for you so the first one is from jessica storch and she asked how do you get people to understand the value of your service and the price point when there are so many options out there i often find people compare my studio to a franchise fitness studio and don't understand why my price point is higher so it's a really, really good question, um, yeah. which we totally understand because our price point is definitely a lot higher than, <laughs> um, you know, most of the $10 a month gyms that are out there. And we have a lot of those around us. So um, we definitely get that concern. Um, so I guess let's just kind of start off with how we initially bring people into the gym, because I think that's a big differentiator, right? So typically, if you're going to go join, say... I won't say any any specific names, but (laughs) a gym that's $10 a month. (laughs) Um, You just go in and you'd kind of just like, they might give you a tour of the facility. They'll just show you like the locker room and the cardio equipment and the The weights. And yeah, well, a $10 a month gym probably doesn't have a sauna. (laughs) But they'll show you the amenities that they have and then they'll have you sign a contract and then they are like, okay, you're a member. They give you a key (laughs) tag, right? And you're you're a member. Um, We think that it's much more 
of a process of getting somebody intro- of introducing somebody into the gym when you are a higher price point facility. Um, you have to really show them everything that you're going to that they're going to get out of the experience. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we set up a strategy session with everybody who inquires about the gym. Um, and this is before they ever sign anything, before they sign a contract, before they agree to a, a year membership, anything like that. We have them come in and we do a free hour long strategy session. And what that is, is basically sitting down with them and talking. First, we just ask them a lot of questions to get out of them pretty much like what it is that they are actually looking for. Because initially they'll just say, I'm looking for a gym. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, So we ask specific questions to get them to start to tell us basically what we're going to give them. Right. (laughs) So they eventually say like, well, I don't really know what to do in the gym. So I'm looking for a little bit of guidance or I don't really feel comfortable in the gym. So I'm looking for an environment that is more welcoming or supportive. And so they'll start to say the things that they are looking for. And luckily, typically, they're the things (laughs) that we offer. And so then we can bring it full circle after we go through the rest of those questions, talk to them about their health history, their goals. Um, we give them a a tour of the facility that is more about the experience that they're going to have, not about the amenities or the facility itself. We explain how it's going to be like a day in the life of an achiever as we take them through the gym. And then at the end, we kind of bring it back to, so, you know, you, you said that you kind of feel lost in the gym. You said you feel like you don't really know exactly what to do. That's why we include coaching in our membership. And you said you don't, you don't typically feel comfortable in the gym. That's actually why we put such an emphasis on our environment here. And we really make it a focus point to make sure that everybody's supportive of each other. And we just kind of bring it full circle and explain that that's all the stuff that we really put an emphasis on are the, are the little details that typically a typical gym you won't really find. Yeah. And, and no matter who is doing the strategy session. So Lauren and I used to do them exclusively, but now Sarah and Emily also do them. Um, now they they all follow the same exact pattern, um, so we've kind of refined this approach um, pretty well. Um, and even within the tour itself, we take them to specific stations where um, we know that it's going to apply to them. So we have a um, section where we pull out programs and we tell them that we write them an individualized program um, because, I mean, most gyms will just tell you that, okay, you're a member, now go do it on your own. But we actually supply a program for them so that they know exactly what to do as soon as they walk in through the doors. And they also know that every four to six weeks or so, that program is going to change and update so that they don't plateau and they don't get bored. Another station we take them to is just the main gym area. We just discuss our semi-private training and how it enhances the community and how um, they get a lot of camaraderie and support from other members of the gym while they're there. And just... Basically, I mean, the whole reason they're coming to us in the first place is because they recognize we're a little bit different option from other places and they want to make sure that they are going to the right place and that it's going to be money well spent. Right. Right. So, yeah, they're just they're basically looking for confirmation that you are as special as you say you are. (laughs) So you basically just have to show them. And so I think that taking that time up front even though it might seem like, like there are people who say like, you should never give anything up for free. It's your time. Like 60 minutes is a lot of time for somebody then to then be like, "Mm, I'll go home and think about it and never call you again. And sure. Like that is an option and that does happen. That happens to us. But we think that in more cases, obviously people just end up seeing how much value there actually is in this facility. And they end up actually really buying in that day. They're like, Oh, I want to be a part of this. This is something special. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you made them pay for that visit, it may actually, you may get less 
leads. You may get less people coming in the door to see it in the first place. Yeah. Um, and they may just not feel like you're going above and beyond for them. Like they leave these sessions feeling like they just got this like incredible experience. <laughs> so they're like, what just happened where yeah. they usually go into the gym and they're used to somebody just kind of like bartering with them about like, Oh, like, Oh, well it's $50 a month, but maybe this week, uh, we might have a special going on. Let me go talk to my manager. And like, it's all these like awkward conversations. Whereas like, we just tell it to them straight. There's no back and forth. It's just like, this is what we're worth. We don't hesitate at all with our prices because it's what we believe that our coaches are worth. It's what we believe our facility is worth. Our, our community is worth. Um, but they have to experience that. You can't just, tell someone that yeah and a lot of uh, I mean a lot of these places will kind of lock you up into a small room and basically force you to sign we're just on a couch in the middle of the gym (laughs) with members all around and it's a very just casual environment and that they can really kind of like feel the atmosphere going on yeah we literally sit on a couch with them and we're side by side and I think that's actually important that we're not sitting across from them we're not in this like battle situation we're literally lounging on a couch and we're just relaxed we're not we don't usually end up sounding salesy also because we just believe in this stuff and it's just what we are passionate about and what we think is going to be so helpful for everyone um so it never comes across as disingenuous or anything like that yeah i mean fortunately for us and for you like we're not selling a used car that's going to break down after like a couple of rides. It's, it's, we're actually selling something very, very worthwhile and useful and uh, applicable for everyone. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's it's just, just good. good. It's just good. So basically, I think what we're saying is show them the experience. Don't just tell them why you're better, but actually create the opportunity for them to come in and see it. And so you may not, you may have a different setup from us completely, Mm -hmm. but there are reasons that you believe obviously that you are more, that you're better than these facilities that are just the run of the mill $10 a month facilities. But you have to give those people who you're trying to talk to an opportunity to actually feel that and experience it and see it playing out. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And so that leads us to our, our bonus round question, (laughs) um, which is from Catherine. (laughs) Well, it's Catherine with two eyes, so I feel like it's a drawn-out Catherine. Um, She asked, any thoughts or questions to ask when choosing a new gym? I never quite know what I should be paying attention to when scouting somewhere new to work out. So, I mean, a lot of the things that we were just talking about we think are important. So, looking for a facility that is going to give you more than just equipment. Like, Mm -hmm. are you going to get some coaching or, or even if it's not semi-private coaching, like we do, like, do they have, do they offer classes? Do they have trainers around to answer questions for you? Um, what is the environment like? Like what, is there a focus on community? Are there people in there who talk to each other or is everybody putting their headphones in and heads down and not really <laughs> enjoying each other's company? Yeah. Um, and just like, just overall, like, do they treat you more than just a number like yeah. just notice the interactions of the coaches and trainers and people that work there like front desk or managers and see how to interact with other members that just walk in through the doors and it's is it just kind of like uh like a hey and like kind of look down or is it like a genuine conversation that starts to um happen as a result of them just walking in through the doors you'll and you'll you'll automatically tell whether or not it's a positive or negative or just kind of very neutral vibe 
um, right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I would say go with your gut is like, <laughs> feels like a funny answer, but it's almost, it very rarely does you wrong. Like yeah. you have an initial gut feeling about a place as soon as you walk into it. We've had people come in to achieve when there's no one there, like literally no one there yeah, except us. True. And they're like, this place has a great vibe. <laughs> and we're like, what? There's no one here. How can you even tell? But you like, you'll just know when you step into a place that feels warm and welcoming and those I think are the most important things yeah. about a gym. I know that like nice equipment and nice amenities sound nice in theory, but they're not actually what are going to get you into the gym. You're not going to go to the gym. You're not going to leave your house and go to the gym because you might be able to sit in a sauna for five minutes after. Like yeah. you're just not, you're going to go because you're excited to go see people who like familiar faces. You're excited to have somebody be like, Oh, Hey, how's your week going? Like to actually offer some interest in you and, and what's going on in your life beyond just the five you know, or the hour that you're going to spend in that gym. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why so many of these big gyms aren't doing well anymore. I mean, they have all the state of the art equipment. They have all the amenities, the best spas you can imagine. And people just don't want to go. Yeah. Right. It's just like, it's just not welcoming, not inviting and just not very motivating to go back and do something that's really difficult. Right. Like you have to go in and do really hard work very consistently <laughs> right. and you might as well join the, enjoy the experience. Yeah. Yeah, so that from a from an environment standpoint, though, that would be our recommendation. And then, if you're looking to hire a trainer, I would say you know looking for people who um, have they obviously need to have like some sort of baseline certification <laughs> of like a certified personal trainer. Um, but then beyond that, like looking for people who who seek out certified certifications beyond that. So. You know, I would ask people if they've heard of Strong First or if they've heard of the FMS or yeah. they've heard of the CFSC. So certain um, certifications will kind of give you some insight into where they put their efforts and yeah. you know, where they choose to learn from. And like even like even if they haven't heard of those, like are they just the person that is willing to learn and go to different workshops or are they kind of stuck in their ways? So yeah. kind of just asking like yeah. what the last workshop or center, seminar they've been to and see if they light up or not. Yeah. Because more than likely they'll be like, oh, I went to this and then that and then X, Y, and Z. And it's more about um, that and just their like passion their for learning. Their passion, yeah, um, absolutely. That will end up continuing uh, on. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. All right. I think cool. that about does it for episode 11. 11. 11's my... So I really hate odd numbers, but <laughs> my favorite number is 22, and 11 is half of that. So I feel like... And it's 22 divided by 2. So yeah. I feel like 11, as much as it's an odd number, it's actually a pretty good number. 11's one of my favorite numbers, so... Well, that's and, because of Dirt Jeter. And it's one of... No, it's, he's 2. Oh, Dirt. Oh, he's 2. Well, that makes me like him a little bit more. Who's 11? Uh, maybe Garrett... Gary Sheffield, maybe. Um, anyway, <laughs> actually, it's my mom's favorite roulette number. My mom oh. is a roulette shark. She actually crushes is. casinos. Is. So yeah. So eleven. <laughs> so all that to say, eleven's not so bad. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> and until next time. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have to solicit questions oh, first. Oh, oh, oh. Please send us any podcast questions that you have at podcast at achievefitnessboston.com or DM us on Instagram at achievefitnessboston. If you could rate and review us on iTunes, that would be super helpful. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and now we can say until next time. Peace. Love and, and muscles. muscles. <laughs>